Welcome to Vox Day, unfolding scripture, a journey into the depths of the Bible, explored through the lens of Catholic teaching. In every episode, we unravel the timeless wisdom embedded in the Word of God, connecting the dots between scripture, tradition, and our daily lives. Our guide on this journey is Dr. Augustine Newman, a distinguished Catholic theologian with over two decades of experience in biblical studies and Catholic doctrine. With a doctorate from the Pontifical Gregorian University in Rome and author of numerous scholarly articles on biblical exegesis, Dr. Newman brings a rich and profound understanding of faith and scripture. Together, we'll traverse the landscapes of the Old and New Testaments, delving deep into each book, each story, each verse, seeking to understand the heart of God's revelation to mankind. So grab your Bible, a cup of coffee, and let's unfold the scripture with Dr. Augustine Newman. Welcome back to our podcast, Vox Day, Unfolding Scripture. Today, we delve into the profound waters of Genesis chapters 7 and 8, as we unpack the tale of Noah and the Great Flood, a story that's quite riveting. Now, as a Catholic theologian, I have some thoughts I'd love to share with you. These chapters reveal a God who carries the dual capacity for justice and mercy, a tension that exists in the very heart of the divine. The Great Flood, quite dramatically, is an act of divine justice. It washes away the very corruption that had plagued humanity. Yet God's mercy is never far behind. Consider Noah and his family, the animal pairs, life in its many forms, all preserved, all safeguarded to breathe new life into our world once the storm has passed. And Noah, what a figure of righteousness he is. Despite what must have been a chorus of naysayers, he adheres strictly to God's commands. In the Catholic lens, we view Noah as a type or forerunner of Christ. Like Noah, who was the sole righteous person steering the ark, preserving life amidst the deluge, we have Christ, the one true righteous man, offering humanity salvation through his sacrifice on the cross. Now, if we turn our gaze to the cultural and historical background of these narratives, we find echoes of the flood tale in other ancient Near Eastern texts. Think about the Epic of Gilgamesh, for instance. It seems there was a common cultural memory of a cataclysmic flood event. Yet, the biblical story carves out a niche for itself with its potent moral and theological overtones. It intricately ties the flood to human fallibility, and Noah's survival is attributed directly to his righteousness. As we explore this narrative, Noah and his family emerge as central figures. The Ark too commands a significant role. It's more than just a vessel, it's a symbolic touchstone representing both judgment and mercy. It's an instrument for cleansing the world of sin, but it's also a haven for preserving life. There's a verse in Genesis 8-1 that, in my mind, perfectly encapsulates these chapters. But God remembered Noah, and all the wild animals, and all the domestic animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. This verse poignantly expresses the tension between divine judgment and mercy. It illuminates God's enduring care for his creation and his dedication to life preservation, even amidst the stern judgment of sin. So, in these chapters we are greeted by a God who takes human sinfulness to heart, but who, at the same time, goes to extraordinary lengths to preserve and sustain life. It's a theme that reaches its zenith in the narrative of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So in this tale of old, we find reflections of the divine that continue to ripple into our understanding of faith and the world even today. 
Now, while you might feel you know this story well, there are some profound insights hidden just beneath the surface that are truly worth pondering. Let's start by thinking about sin. Usually, we consider sin a private, personal affair, but the flood narrative gives us a radically different perspective. It paints a picture of sin having a cosmic ripple effect. Human corruption doesn't just stay with us, it seeps into the very fabric of the earth, necessitating a purifying deluge. It's a stark reminder that our actions hold broader implications. Our personal transgressions add to a collective drift from God and His divine plan, and this in turn shapes the world around us. Now consider Noah. Unlike biblical figures such as Abraham or Moses, Noah doesn't utter a word throughout this narrative. He simply follows God's instructions. His silence is almost deafening, standing as a testament to his obedient faith. Noah's trust in God is so unshakable that he doesn't question God's commands, no matter how baffling or drastic they seem. It's a moment for us to reflect on our own faith. How deep is our trust in God's wisdom, especially when it baffles our human understanding? Let's not overlook the dove either. That small creature that Noah releases from the ark carries significant symbolism. When it returns bearing an olive leaf, it signals to Noah that the floodwaters are receding. In the rich tapestry of Christian symbolism, the dove often signifies the Holy Spirit, while the olive branch represents peace and reconciliation. So, this simple scene can be viewed as a foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit's mission in the world, offering peace and reconciliation between God and humanity, a mission ultimately realized in Christ. Finally, while the rainbow officially appears in the next chapter, Genesis 9, it's worthy of mention here. After the flood, God forms a covenant with Noah and all living creatures, vowing never to ravage the earth with a flood again. This is God's promise made unilaterally without being tethered to human actions. The rainbow is the tangible sign of this covenant, a vivid reminder of God's faithfulness to his promises, even when we falter. It's a beautiful reimagining of our relationship with God, not rooted in our faithfulness, but in his unwavering love and commitment to us. So, let's not simply skim the surface of these familiar chapters. There's a depth to this narrative that is still waiting to be explored, offering us fresh insights and a richer understanding of our faith. Next, this story, though familiar, often raises a flurry of questions. As your podcasting theologian, I'm here to address some of these common queries and hopefully shed some light on them. First off, the evergreen question. Is the story of Noah's Ark meant to be taken literally or metaphorically? Well, within the Catholic Church, there's no rigid requirement to interpret this story literally. You could view it as a historical event or a symbolic narrative that communicates deep theological truths about sin, divine justice, mercy, and redemption. What truly matters here is not so much the nitty-gritty historical details, but the spiritual insights the narrative brings to light. Now here's a favorite, particularly among the young ones. How on earth did all those animals fit into the ark? It's a head-scratcher indeed. The exact logistics of cramming every species into the ark isn't clearly detailed. Some speculate that the animals might represent kinds or categories of animals, rather than individual species. Regardless, the key theological takeaway here is the symbolism of the animal's preservation which underlines God's commitment to sustaining his creation. Then we have the unsettling question. How could a loving God unleash such devastation? 
This pushes us to grapple with the delicate balance of divine justice and mercy. The Flood narrative shows us that God's justice isn't whimsical or harsh. It's a direct response to widespread human sin. Yet even amidst this judgment, God's mercy shines through as he spares Noah and the animals. It's a potent reminder of the seriousness of sin and the crucial need for repentance, as well as the promise of God's mercy when we make that turn back towards him. And of course, where does Jesus fit into all this? Well, in Catholic thought, Old Testament stories often serve as precursors to New Testament realities. Just as Noah, the righteous man, preserves life through the flood, Christ, the righteous man, redeems life. The ark, too, mirrors the church, a sanctuary that saves a remnant from the floodwaters, much like believers are saved through the waters of baptism. Lastly, let's address the elephant in the room, the flood stories found in other ancient Near Eastern cultures. Yes, they exist, but they don't contradict the biblical account. Instead, they could point towards a shared cultural memory of a massive flood event. What sets the biblical narrative apart, though, are its clear moral and spiritual elements. The flood is a consequence of human sinfulness, and deliverance hinges on righteousness and obedience to God. Moving on, beyond its familiar surface, this narrative sets up a number of powerful themes that ripple out into the messianic story. Let's unpack them together. Think of Noah as an early draft or type of Christ, as we'd say in Catholic theology. A type is an Old Testament figure, event, or thing that prefigures or foreshadows a New Testament reality. Noah, the righteous man who found favor with God, through whose obedience life is preserved, hints at the figure of Jesus. Jesus, sinless and in perfect obedience to the Father's will, offers life to all. Quite the parallel, isn't it? Next, consider the ark, the very vessel that shields Noah's family and a small slice of all living creatures from the cataclysm of the flood is a sneak peek or type of the church. The New Testament describes the church as the body of Christ, the sanctuary where people are saved from the fallout of sin and death. St. Peter, in his first epistle, really drives home this connection when he says, Baptism, which corresponds to this Noah's Ark, now saves you, 1 Peter 3.21. Lastly, let's turn our gaze towards the flood itself, often viewed as a precursor, or again, a type of baptism. The waters of the flood, agents of both judgment on sin and a fresh start for creation, echo the duality of baptismal waters. In Christian understanding, baptism symbolizes the judgment of our old, sinful self and our rebirth into a new life with Christ. Exploring these connections between the Noah narrative and the broader Messianic story sheds light on the profound unity of the Old and New Testaments. They give us a glimpse into the intricate tapestry of God's salvation plan, fulfilled in Jesus Christ, woven throughout the entire Bible. It's a rich, interconnected journey, and I'm glad we're on it together. Let's switch gears now to see how these chapters are understood by Catholics and Protestants. While our understandings largely converge, there are some intriguing nuances and variations. Let's dive into them. First off, let's talk about sacraments. In the Catholic tradition, sacraments are seen as conduits of God's grace, and we tend to view the flood story through a sacramental lens. We see the floodwaters and the ark as precursors, or types, of baptism and the church. 
Some Protestant denominations might not lean into this sacramental perspective as much, particularly if they view sacraments more as symbols than channels of grace. This difference is deeply rooted in Catholic sacramental theology, which sees God employing material elements, like water, as vehicles of spiritual grace. Another area of difference involves scriptural interpretation. The Catholic Church promotes an approach that harmonizes both literal and spiritual readings of the Bible. This means we can see the flood as a historical event, while also acknowledging its spiritual richness. Some Protestant traditions might lean more towards a literal reading of such narratives. Our Catholic interpretative approach finds its roots in the tradition of the Church Fathers, allowing a multi-dimensional understanding of the text. Lastly, let's talk about righteousness. Both Catholics and Protestants agree that Noah was saved due to his righteousness. However, Catholics might highlight the transformative power of righteousness and obedience to God's commands, while some Protestant interpretations could emphasize righteousness being imputed through faith alone. The Catholic perspective sees faith and works, like Noah's obedience, as interwoven threads in the tapestry of salvation, a concept echoed in the book of James 2.24. As a Catholic theologian, I treasure the depth of our interpretations, which draw from both scripture and tradition. They invite us to a comprehensive reading of the narrative, considering its historical, moral, and spiritual layers. It's a dynamic engagement with the Word of God, which is alive and active, speaking to us on multiple levels and nourishing our faith journey. Finally, as we navigate through our modern world, the lessons from this ancient story can guide us. Let's unpack these timeless truths together. First off, there's something incredibly compelling about Noah's obedience and trust in God. Picture him diligently building an ark with no sign of a flood, rounding up animals of every species. It's hard not to admire his unflinching faith. In our own lives, we sometimes feel like we're constructing arcs without a cloud in sight. During these times of uncertainty, Noah's steadfast trust invites us to lean into our faith to follow where God leads, even when the path ahead seems shrouded in fog. Next, let's reflect on Noah, the righteous man. Amid the corruption of his time, Noah walked faithfully with God, standing as a beacon of virtue. His righteousness served as his armor, shielding him from divine judgment. As we meander through the moral maze of our modern world, Noah's story invites us to strive for righteousness. Let's stay anchored to our faith and values in our actions, decisions, and relationships. Remember, God's favor rests upon those who walk in integrity. Noah's care for the ark's inhabitants reminds us of our sacred duty of stewardship. We are not masters, but custodians of creation. The narrative underscores our call to maintain the delicate balance of our ecosystems, a call that echoes urgently today amid our escalating climate crisis. Inspired by Noah, let's renew our commitment to respectful stewardship, nurturing our shared home, and promoting sustainable lifestyles. Lastly, Noah's tale concludes on a hopeful note with God's rainbow covenant, a promise of enduring love, and a pledge never to obliterate the earth with a flood again. In our current era, when we often feel like we're weathering relentless storms, it's vital to hold on to this promise. God assures us that the trials will pass. The rainbow after the storm stands as a symbol of hope, a beacon assuring us of God's unwavering love and mercy, even in our darkest moments. 
May Noah's story empower us to live with faith, righteousness, and hope, and inspire us to remember our sacred role as Earth's caretakers. Always remember, no matter how fierce the storm, God is with us in the boat, guiding us to safer shores. As we draw this episode to a close, I'm grateful for the chance to reflect and delve into the story of Noah with you. It's amazing how this ancient tale continues to speak into our lives, offering wisdom, hope, and guidance. Our journey doesn't end here, though. There's always another layer to uncover, another truth to discover within these timeless narratives. I hope you'll join me next time as we continue exploring these secret stories, seeking understanding, and nurturing our faith. Until then, stay blessed, keep asking questions, and remember, God is in the boat with us every step of the way. Thanks for listening, and take care. You've been listening to Vox Day, Unfolding Scripture, hosted by Dr. Augustine Newman. Thank you for joining us on this journey into the heart of the Bible. We hope you found today's episode enlightening and inspiring. If you enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review our show on your favorite podcast platform. This helps us reach more people and continue to provide meaningful content. Don't forget to share Vox Day, Unfolding Scripture, with your friends, family, or anyone you believe could benefit from delving deeper into the Word of God through the Catholic lens. Your support truly makes a difference. We're grateful for your company today, and we look forward to meeting you again in the next episode. Until then, keep the faith, stay open to the Word, and may God's peace be with you.